0: If you have God's Word, if you'll turn with me to Luke uh, chapter 12, Luke chapter 12. Most of y'all know that today, five years ago today, I started my first Sunday as your pastor. And I had something entirely different that I wanted to preach. And you know what? I found out God doesn't always let me do what I want to do. And the more I tried to force something, the more God said no. No. And so finally, I just had to stop and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And uh, this was not the sermon I intended to preach today, but this is what I feel like uh, you need to hear, what I feel like the Lord wants me to share with you uh, today. So in Luke chapter uh, 12, look with me beginning in verse 22. And he, that is Jesus, said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these." But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For the nations of the world seek after these things, but your Father knows that you have need of them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added unto you. Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heavens that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, We come as beggars looking for bread today. Father, we desire to hear Your voice. We desire for You to speak to us. Lord, would You make Your Word plain to us today. And Lord, would You do whatever You need to do inside of us so that we'll look more like Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know You in a personal way, I pray that You would speak very clearly to them today. That you would draw them to them to yourself that they might be saved. Lord, I pray that and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't it a great comfort to know that our God goes before us? Do you realize when you get to tomorrow, God will already be there? God already is there. God is all omnipresent. That means He's at all places at all times. God knows exactly what's going to happen in your life the minute you walk out this door. You don't, but God does. We all face struggles and difficulties It's so easy sometimes to forget the power of our God and to allow fear to seize our heart. In fact, if you go back and you start reading through the book of Luke, you'll find out fear seized the hearts of many of those who were exposed to Jesus. For example, back in Luke chapter 17, Jesus uh, is going down the road and He runs into a funeral. I I like Jesus when He shows up at funerals because He always messes it up, doesn't He? There was a widow who was about to bury her only son. And Jesus walked over to the young man and says, Get up. And the man got up. Broke up the funeral procession. Everybody went home. But this is what it said about those people who were there that day that witnessed that miracle. It says this in Luke seven sixteen: Fear seized them all and they glorified God saying, A great prophet has risen among us and God has visited His people. The very next chapter. Jesus heals a man who is possessed by a demon, and this is what it says about those who witnessed that fear seized them all. Excuse me. Then all the people surrounding the country, the garrisons, asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got in a boat, and they returned. Jesus performed mighty acts to rescue people from the problems that they were facing but also to point people to the fact that Jesus was who He claimed to be, the the very Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. All those who refused to accept Jesus in that role, they were seized with great fear because they couldn't understand Him and they couldn't explain what was happening. When we come to this particular passage that we just read this morning, Jesus has been Interacting with the crowds. And in fact, the Bible tells us that they were, the Pharisees were lying in wait for him to catch them in something that he might say, that they might accuse him, that they might bring him up on charges according to their law. And we know eventually that's exactly what they did and they had Jesus crucified. In this particular section, Jesus turns his attention to his disciples and he's just told a parable about a rich guy that has a bumper crop. He, had, he, he harvested more than he ever thought he ever would before. He didn't have enough room in his barns to store all the stuff. Instead of giving it away, instead of selling it and ministering to other people, he decides, I'm going to build bigger barns, and then I'm going to kick my feet up, I'm going to relax, and I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry, and everything's going to be good. And Jesus said, you fool." This very night, your soul is going to be required of you. And who will these things be? In that context, Jesus then turns His attention to His disciples and He He tells them what we just got through reading. He tells them not to be anxious. He tells them to consider the ravens, how they don't have homes to live in, but God takes care of them. then He says, consider the lilies, how they grow and how beautiful they are. And yet, they don't have to toil or work for it. God simply takes care of them. In another place, He told them not to be worried. Let me ask you something. Do you struggle with those things? Do you struggle with being anxious? Do you struggle? Do you do what God's Word says do? Do you consider the lilies and the ravens? Do you do those things? Or do you let fear seize your heart? Well, I've got good news for you today. We don't have to live in fear. This morning, I want to focus on one verse in this whole passage that I read to you. It's verse 32, where Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There are three characteristics of God in that particular verse of Scripture that can help us... Uh, can help alleviate our fears, can help us not to be fearful. So let's talk about those for just a minute. Notice first of all, Jesus is the great shepherd, or God is the great shepherd. Look what He says here in verse 32. Fear not little flock. He compares His disciples to a little flock, to a group of sheep. What does that mean? Well, if there's a little flock, there's a shepherd, right? And God is that great shepherd. Little is oftentimes, even in our language, used sometimes as a term of endearment. My dear little child, uh, in Chile, when we speak, we speak Spanish, and in Spanish, uh, there's a, a form, a diminutive form that's used as, as really as a, a sense of a term of endure, endearment, where you're looking at that person and and you're talking to them dearly. And that's exactly what God is doing here. He's calling us His little flock. That doesn't mean we're little. That doesn't mean we're few in number. It just means that we are greatly beloved of our Heavenly Father. Now let's talk about sheep for just a minute. Sheep are pretty skittish, aren't they? Uh, They are frightened easily. They don't have much a way of defending themselves. Uh, They have relatively little sense of direction. In fact, somebody has noted that if you were to take a flock of sheep and you were to lead them from your front yard to your backyard, without a shepherd, they would not remember how to get back to the front yard. They need a shepherd to guide them. And we have the great shepherd to guide us. Now, sheep are not stupid like some people think. Sheep are actually very intelligent. They are emotional creatures. And they have a remarkable instinct for knowing the voice of the shepherd. Challenge you sometime when you get home today, go read John chapter 10 where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, but the sheep know the voice of their shepherd and because of their emotions and because they're emotional creatures, they also know a stranger's voice. And when they hear the stranger's voice, they want. not follow that voice because they know the difference between the stranger's voice and the shepherd's voice. Jesus presents God as being our great shepherd that provides for us whatever we need. Why should we not fear? It is because God is the great shepherd and He cares for His sheep. Guys, you and I are cared for by God. Think about the the very most, probably the most well-known verses in all the Old Testament is what? It's the 23rd Psalm, isn't it? Where the Bible says, The Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. We don't have to worry about it because the shepherd takes care of the sheep. Guys, we're fragile. We, we sometimes struggle with fear. We fear illness. We fear poverty. We fear death. uh, We fear other things in this world. But Jesus' words to us are, Fear not, little flock. I don't know where you are in your relationship to the Lord. You may have failed God a thousand times. You may not have grown spiritually like you think you ought to have grown. You may have failed God. You may have wandered away from God. But I want you to understand, you are still, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are still a part of His flock. And God can come alongside you as the great shepherd and lead you from where you are to where you need to be. We don't have to fear because we have a great shepherd, a great shepherd that possesses His sheep. We are His sheep, we belong to Him. And because He possesses us, He provides for and protects us as the great shepherd. So the first characteristic of God that should keep us from fear is the fact that God is the great shepherd. Secondly, in this passage of Scripture, notice what else it says. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure. Now, notice, what, notice the, the possessive pronoun there. Jesus could have easily have said, couldn't He? That my Father, it is my Father's pleasure. Jesus referred to God as His Father. In fact, Jesus had a relationship with God unlike any other. There was a unique relationship, and He all the time referred to God as His Father. But notice what He says here. He doesn't say, God, my Father. It is my Father's good pleasure. He says, It is your Father's good pleasure. Isn't that great? Does that not just capture your heart, the image of God being our Father? Those words make it a lot more personal, don't it? If Jesus would have said, my Father, the disciples would have understood. They would have been okay with that. But when Jesus said, it is your Father's good pleasure... He's saying the Father belongs to you. He is your Father. Now I know for some people, they struggle with the image of God as Father because they've had a really bad experience growing up with their earthly father. But let me ask you to do something. Every time you see God referred to as our Heavenly Father, think about the very best Father you know on this planet. Think about the very best Father you know on this planet. And then just remind yourself that God is a million more times a father to you than than even that best father that you could ever think of. Now, what do fathers do for their children? Do they not take care of them? I remember with my girls, I have two daughters. For those of you who are visiting with us today, I've got two daughters that are both grown now. I've got three grandkids now. And they're even more special than your kids. You know, if your grandkids want something, just give it to them, right? But even when your kids were little, you'd go to a store and they would just beg, Daddy, can I have... And you might not have enough money or a lot of money, and you might know it won't fit in your budget, but what do you do? You give them what they want. Why? Because you love them. You love them and you care for them. And you want to do what's right and good for them. Our Heavenly Father, guys, He loves us. He wants to take care of us. The daily concerns of life are real. I understand that. Those things can easily cause us to be fearful and anxious, but we ought not ever be paralyzed by fear because our Heavenly Father cares for us. And it is His good pleasure to give us these things. Do you get that? God doesn't have to. God doesn't owe us anything, does He? We've sinned against God. God hadn't sinned against us. We've sinned against God. And it cost God infinitely for us to become His children. He had to sacrifice His only Son at the cross that our sins might be forgiven and that He might become our Heavenly Father. God is not stingy. You ever seen stingy people? Don't answer that question. Don't turn and look at your spouse. Don't do it. You know, stingy people don't take care of their needs of those around them. They're too worried that they might lose a nickel or a dime. Some of us are like uh, Scrooge. You remember Donald Duck Scrooge that used to come on the cartoons? You know, some of us are like that. But guys, God is not like that. Oh, it is the Father's good pleasure. It is His great pleasure to meet us at our point of need and provide whatever it is that we know we we need. We don't deserve it. We fail God often. But God still says to us, it is the Father's good pleasure. He has promised that He's never going to leave us and He's never going to forsake us. He told us, as we sang about earlier, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God knows what your needs are. He knows when you need food on the table. He knows that you've got bills that you've got to pay for. God knows what you need and where you are. He is your Heavenly Father, and you can trust Him to take care of you. He tells us to consider the ravens. Our Heavenly Father takes care of the ravens, doesn't He? All the birds. God takes care of them. You think about, think about the lilies of the field. Think about how beautiful flowers are. Don't, don't you just, Aren't you glad we live in a world that has flowers in it that we can look at? Of course, I know some of us have allergies to flowers, and that causes another problem, but they're still beautiful to look at, okay? God paints great pictures, pretty pictures, and He has given us a beautiful world to live in. It is because God loves us and wants to take care of us. That's another reason why you and I don't have to fear. Not only is God our good shepherd, the great shepherd, but God is also our Father, your Father. Put that possessive pronoun in there. God is your Father. And He longs to meet you wherever you are and provide whatever it is you need. Unfortunately, sometimes we find ourselves anxious and fearful and worried about too much stuff and we simply need to trust our Heavenly Father. Well, notice one other characteristic about God mentioned in this passage of Scripture that can help us overcome our fears. Thirdly, God is the great King. Notice what He says. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, who can give you the kingdom? If there was a kingdom on this world, who can give you that kingdom? It is only the king. He's the one that's got the power. So what that means to me is that God is our king. God is giving to us and God wills and God wants to give us the kingdom. We shouldn't have to fear because it is His great pleasure to give us this kingdom. The word give here points to the truth. That really, all the, the tense that that particular word is in really means that God has already given you the kingdom. That's what he's saying to his disciples. Now, you remember Jesus when he preached on this earth, what was the focus of his preaching? Repent for what? For the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God was present in the life and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. These disciples had experienced. This relationship with Jesus Christ, they were a part of God's kingdom. It is the Father's pleasure, guys, to give us this kingdom. He wills to give that to His kids. He does it as a matter of grace. He doesn't owe us anything, but it's because of His sovereign free grace that He gives this kingdom to His children. God's riches, guys, far exceeds any treasures of earthly kings. And if you think about it, many of those earthly kings, I think about people like Nero that was in Rome that destroyed many Christians, but he was really selfish. He was self-centered. Many of the kings of this world are self-centered. How many of them are going to give their kingdom away to his children? I think of Herod the Great that was the king during Jesus' day and time, before when Jesus was born. He had... I can't remember how many of his kids killed so that they couldn't get his kingdom from him. That's the kind of people, that's the kind of kings that serve this world. But that's not our heavenly father. Guys, that's not the king he is. We serve this great king that is preparing for us a place. And he has already established his kingdom, his rule, and his reign in the lives of people and in our lives. And his uh, riches are so much more abundant than anything this world can give us. You know why? Why? First of all, it's exactly his, his riches are exactly what you and I need. It's the very thing that our hearts long for. That's the first thing. Second of all, the riches of this world, what happens to them when you die? If you don't know, let me tell you, your kids are going to fight over it. Been in the middle of all that too many times. All right? Your kids are going to fight over it. You can't take it with you. Guess what? God's riches are what? God's riches are eternal. They're forever and ever and ever and ever. And not only that, but the riches of this world, they may satisfy for a short period of time. But as somebody said, easy come, easy go, right? And you know, a lot of times the people who worry the most about money are the people that have the most of it. People that are rich really have a problem sometimes with thinking they're going to lose all their money. But guys... The riches of God, they are eternal and they are peace that passes all understanding. They are joy in our lives on a daily basis. They are the protection that we have from God and the promises that we have from our Heavenly Father. All of those things are part of God's kingdom. He's promised to us an eternal and abundant life. What more could you ask for, right? And one of these days when all this world is over with and we get to spend eternity with Him in His presence, enjoying His love and His mercy and His grace and His kindness, when all that happens, all this stuff is just simply going to fade in our memories and fade away from us. Because that will be so much better than anything you and I could ever experience here on this life. We have hope for the here and now, and we have prospects of God's great promises for the future. Why do we not need to fear? Well, we don't need to fear because God is our shepherd. He's going to provide what we need. We don't need to fear because we've got a heavenly Father that loves us, warts and all. Messed up as we are, it doesn't matter. God still loves us. You know why? Because God determined to love us in eternity past when He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. God, The Bible says that Jesus was crucified literally before the foundation of the world, before God ever put the first pebble on this planet. Before this planet ever existed, the Lord Jesus Christ was already slain in the mind and heart of God because He knew He was going to have to do that to purchase for Himself a people guys, you and I are that people. God loves you that much. And so we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We don't have to be paralyzed by fear or, or captured by the anxieties of this world because we have a great father. But not only that, we serve the King of all Kings and the Lord of all Lords. All things belong to him. The cattle of a thousand hills belongs to our Lord and the hills on which they stand. And if you and I have a need, God may have to have a cow auction, but he'll take care of it. We have that kind of God. We have a king who rules in righteousness. A king who rules in love in grace and mercy. And he extends that to us every day. So why in the world would we fear? We have a great God and a great King. Isn't it good to know that our God goes before us into whatever darkness that's coming our way? Our Heavenly Father is already there. We simply need to trust Him. Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Let's pray together. Father, how grateful we are. the Lord we live in a day and time when Lord, things are difficult. We have a world that's been impacted and still being impacted by a pandemic. We have uh, Lord, just so much going on in our country and in the world that the Lord could cause our hearts to be fearful. Father, I'm so thankful that we don't have to fear because of who you are and because of your great and exceedingly precious promises to us. Lord, I pray that we will stand in the strength that you provide to face whatever comes our way. And Lord, I pray that and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me speak first of all to God's family, to those who know Christ as Savior. Are you fearful today? If so, what do you fear? God has all power in heaven and earth. He is the great shepherd. He is our heavenly father that loves and cares for us. And he is the king over all the universe. Nobody's more powerful than him. The question is, will you lay down your fears? Will you lay down your fears and trust God? I can't do that for you. Nobody else can do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your kids can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, my heart is fearful. Take away this fear. I trust you, Lord, to lead and guide me in the paths that I need to go Will you ask God to strengthen you today and provide what you need? Just a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. And maybe you need to just come down here at the altar and spend some time praying. Asking God for strength to face whatever is coming your way. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ... In the passage right before the one that we read, Jesus made this observation, don't fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear Him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Who is the one that has that kind of power? Who has the power of life and death? It is the Lord. And so, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can today. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in hopelessness. You don't have to fear anything that goes on in this world today. If you will simply put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved today and you can become a part of God's family. And God can alleviate and take away all that fear from your heart. Will you trust Him today? If you want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, if you want to trust Him with your future, I'll be standing down front, just come take my hand. and Say, Pastor... I want to know this God that you've been talking about today. I want to trust Him so that I don't live every day in fear. And I'll be more than happy to talk with you this morning. Adam?